Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back to Police Pod Talk. This week, I've got another wonderful guest with me today. I've got Gina Moore. And Gina, you can say hello to the people out there. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Gina's trying to be a little shy today. First time she's hearing her voice through the uh, headphones. But Gina's here today to talk to her about uh, something that she went through in her life with her son, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Moore. And she's going to talk to us about uh, some of the, the, the issues that may be the struggles she had even during and after uh, this thing unfolded. Uh, Gina lost her son to a overdose, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, Jeffrey. We're going to say Jeffrey. Jeffrey, yeah? <laughs> Jeffrey to an overdose. But Gina uh, graciously said she would be here today to talk with us. And I really appreciate you being here today, Gina, to, Aww, no to tell your story. All right. If I can and help one person, hey. That, that's what it's that's all what about. That's what it's about. <laughs> there you go. So Gina, let's. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different. I want you to go ahead and start with the day, date, and time of the incident and then we're going to get into you your son and everything after that but just let the listeners know what happened on what day and what time well um the last time i spoke to jeff was on new year's eve of 2020 you know he was said he was going to stop by he never showed up of course but then at midnight i texted him and i wished him a happy new year mm-hmm. and he responded um and that was the last time I spoke to him. Mm-hmm. Well, he was supposed to stop by on New Year's Day, but he never showed up. Two or three days went by, and I'm, you know, hitting up friends. I'm hitting up, you know, people that might know, have seen him. Mm-hmm. No one heard from him. No one knew. that He was told them they were, you know, he was stopping by on New Year's Eve and never showed up. So by Tuesday... And this was in 2021 on New Year's Day. That was on a weekend. That was the, a weekend New Year's. I think t- it was Tuesday. I'm like, something's not right. I felt it in my soul. I mm. knew because he's never gone without contacting me, like right. call or stop by. or So I knew something was up. So by Tuesday, when no one had still heard from him, I called down to the police department. And I was, um, first I called to make sure he wasn't in jail. Right. He wasn't in jail. So I'm like, okay. So I called down to the, the non-emergency number and a lady had, you know, answered the phone and I told her I wanted to report a missing person. Mm-hmm. And so she got his information, asked me his name, his birth date. And she put me on hold. Well, then she came back and she was like, um, I'm going to transfer you to um, speak to someone else. And I said, okay. And at that moment when the guy picked up the other end, he said, this is um, the coroner office. Mm. And my heart dropped because I knew. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how I found out. So you were sensing something. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's, he's always called you. Always. He didn't respond to your Happy New Year. Nothing. I even got so angry, you know, yeah. like, so I start saying, you know, what the heck, you know, yeah. and saying a few choice words. Right. Yeah, never, not even knowing. How old was Jeffrey at this time? 30. He was 30. Mm-hmm. And you and him talked all the time. Close as close can be. Right. <laughs> you so, know? And that's why you could sense something. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't right without a phone call or text back. Yep, because never, he's never gone a day without talking to me. Wow. Yeah. And then the phone call. Well, then the and phone. And then, yeah. yeah. Then I, the corner came on. I knew. Do you remember anything after that? <sighs> I just, my other son, he's older, um, he was there, and... I handed him the phone, and I just remember just like a howling 
scream. I just, I, I just start screaming because I knew my heart dropped. Mm. My heart was beating so fast. I thought I was getting ready to have a heart attack. Right. Um, and I kept trying to calm myself down, but I just couldn't. Mm. It was, it was, yeah. Um, it, it, I just couldn't even call anybody like mm. family or no one. And the only person I thought, well, I got to call him was his dad. Okay. And he thought it was a joke. Like, he was like, wait, what? He said, what did you just say? I said, yeah, Jeff is gone. He said, gone how? Yeah. I said, he's gone, gone. And, yeah, I just hung up the phone. So I have to take you back. Mm -hmm. When the coroner talked to you on the phone, Mm -hmm. you knew something was wrong when you knew it was In my soul, I knew. What did he say to you? He said, "Um, you're calling about a Jeff Moore? And I said, yes. And he said, can you give me his birthday, you know? And I gave him his birthday, and he said, "Um, Miss Moore, he was like, I'm sorry. I hate to be the bear of bad news. He said, but um, your son, Jeff, um, we're not really sure all the details. He said, but we suspect there was an overdose. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's when I lost it. I just handed my son the phone because I don't even know what else, you know, right. there is to say at this time, you know. So did you even think overdose what? Overdose, what did that well, mean? Well, I knew what an overdose was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, what I didn't know was the drug of choice, and I didn't know much about fentanyl. Oh, fentanyl. Fentanyl. Okay. And, um, but he said, you know, they had to send out tests, and mm-hmm. um, he said, but, but I'm going to, and I said, well, is there someone, because I had to call him back after, I think it was a few days. Okay. To get try to get some understanding, you know, because um, I had so many questions. I called him back and was just kind of getting some more information and how things were because I'm not, you know, I've never had to do this before. Right. And he just kind of explained that, you know, they sent out the toxicology and it may take six to eight weeks. During this time, it was longer because of COVID. Oh, and, right. and he also told me that. I need to speak to a detective that was on the case okay, or that was there or whatever. So, um, so he transferred me to the police department and I want to say his name was Hunter, but I'm not totally sure. Okay. Um, and the guy wasn't in because he was out with COVID. (laughs) So, um, they put me on the phone with another gentleman and he kind of explained everything. Um, he said that when they went to, they, they got a phone call to the hotel that he was at. Okay. When they, were, when they arrived, he was the only one in the room, Jeff mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. And, but someone called and said, hey, we need to do a welfare check on this room. So that's how they knew um, the hotel ended up calling them, calling the police department, because someone called in a welfare check, and then when the hotel staff went to check, they found him in the room, mm-hmm. dead. So the person who called in the check, mm-hmm. did they call to the hotel, or did they call to the police department and said They called the hotel. And then told the hotel to go check on somebody yeah. in a room. Or something in or the room. Or some, yeah. They didn't say exactly what it was, and they, nope. didn't, they didn't leave their name. Nope. <clears throat> okay, so then the hotel obviously called the police. Yeah. When the police arrived, they told me that there was, looked like it had been a party. Mm-hmm. There was drug paraphernalia. There was bottles or a bottle of pills of some sort. Mm -hmm. And just looked like, you know, somebody had a party. Hmm. I'm like, okay, this is, none of this is making sense to me. (laughs) Because knowing Jeff, 
I've never known him to do drugs. I know the year prior, we had lost a family member to a heart issue. Okay. And we had drove to Wisconsin to the, for the funeral. Well, we had, I, I asked Jeff, I'm like, will you please drive us there? Because <laughs> I didn't want to drive. And he, you know, he didn't want to tell me no, even though I found out later he didn't really want to do it. But he didn't want to tell me no. So he drove us there. And during that time, we were there for maybe three days. Mm-hmm. I noticed something different was going on with him. He was very distant, almost like a shame, but without saying it. And I'm like, and his dad lives there. Okay. So he, Jeff had went to the Walmart with my sister, and they ran into his dad. And his dad told me, as soon as I saw him, I noticed that how much weight he had lost. Oh, okay. I seen him every day, so I didn't right. notice it. And he broke down in the store because he seen him. He said, I've never seen him ever look that bad. And I was upset with him because he was supposed to go get his hair done because he always wore braids. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to, he said he forgot his shoes at home. Mm-hmm. And he was just like distant. Hmm. But by everything that was going on, I kind of pushed it to the side at the moment, you okay. know. But once we got back home, I said, What's going on? And he said, What do you mean? And I'm like, Something's not right with you. And right. you know it, and I know it. Right. And he was like, I'm good. I'm good. You know, that was his favorite word. I'm good. But he wasn't. Hmm. And I didn't know what it was. I never thought in a million years it was any type of drugs. Right. Because I know back in 2010, he was in a car accident, him and his baby mother. All right. And they were coming back from Cedar Point and flipped the car. It flipped three times. And by the grace of God, if he had a driven another 10 feet, they went over the overpass. Oh, okay. But luckily, he veered off before, right before. Mm-hmm. So at that point, they put him on medication for pain because he had bruised his ribs up really bad, and um, he was having some back pain. Mm-hmm. So then when he, once he got back home and the doctor sent referred him because he was still having back pain after like six weeks. The doctor referred him to pain management to make sure there was nothing else going on. Right. Well, from 2010 until I don't even know how long he was actually on them, but he never, nothing ever changed with him. Like he wasn't acting weird. He wasn't seeming to be high or anything like that. But he was taking the medication for his back. He was taking the pain medication. The pain medication. Okay, with, which the doctor gave him. Which the doctor gave him. All right. And it was ironic because I had, I became disabled in 2018. Okay. Uh, with my back. Um, and I had the same pain management doctor. Hmm. So... I feel like that was the start of whatever was going on. Just him taking the pain medication, which led into everything else. So you made a comment. You said you were with him every day. You really didn't see him uh, changing, Mm-mm. physically changing. No. But you could sense something mentally going on, a different change in his mood, his behavior. In the last, like the year prior to Prior to. to. Yeah. And this was right around shortly after the accident? Um, Many years later. Years, well after the accident. Mm -hmm. Now, was he still on the pain pills then, or he was done with those? No, he was done with them. Okay. You know, he was, um, he used to drink. Okay. He liked to drink and dance and, you know, mm-hmm. never, like, going out, but mm-hmm. just 
at his friend's house or right. even at my house. Okay. He would, you know, and he was living with me um, up until 2020, 2021, 2020. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then he said he was, you know, moving with some friends. Okay. And that's what I thought was happening. But up until, from 2010 up until his passing, um, or a year before his passing, nothing had changed with him. He was still the same kid. Hmm. Still happy-go-lucky, you know. Um, but in that last, in 2020, I don't know if it was the pandemic. I don't know hmm. if there was something else going on with him that he just hadn't shared. But, yeah, I just didn't understand, like, why. And we always, I had my kids in D.A.R.E. I ha I've always talked to them about drugs and being a follower all that. So I just never understood, like, what happened, you mm. know? And still to this day, I don't know, right. <laughs> you know? But I do know in 2020, that was a hard year for everyone. Right. Um, but at the same time, I found out later that he was with a friend. They got pulled over. This friend had some fake meth. It really wasn't meth. It was salt or something. Okay. Yeah, I don't whatever. And they took him down and questioned them. Well, they were in Huntington County, so I'm not really sure, you know. Okay. But they didn't go to jail. <laughs> they didn't arrest him. They took him to a building and questioned them about who their supplier is, who their, you know. Um, and my son, he's dumb to stuff like that. So, <laughs> he, but he had told me, he was like, Mom, it was not mine. I had nothing to do with what was in that bag. Mm -hmm. He said, I didn't even know what was in the backpack. He said, but it wasn't, it wasn't really drugs. Well, they let him go. They never arrested him or anything. They just questioned him. Okay. For some reason, in November of 2020, I went on my case. I don't know what led me. I just feel like God led me there. Okay. I think that's why. And I looked up his name. I said, because something is off. Right. And he had a warrant. Never been in trouble a day in his life. Okay. <laughs> so then I call him, and I'm like, do you know you have a warrant? He was like, I just found that out. I'm like, yeah. So that's when he went to explaining what happened, and that's his story, his version. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, so they didn't arrest you. They didn't charge you guys with anything they just let you go he said they mainly wanted to know if there was somebody we were dealing with bigger mm -hmm. so basically they were trying to scare him into talking right. or telling on someone and he said but it wasn't even real stuff so i don't even understand why i have a warrant okay that's all i was going to ask mm -hmm. what's, the, what's the warrant for yeah it was for math but <laughs> for, I think it was possession and so there was another charge. I, I don't think it was distribution. It was something else they called it. Hmm. But I'm like, that's just weird. Okay. It, the whole situation was weird. Okay. But he freaked out. He freaked out. He's never been in trouble He's like paranoid, you know. Mm -hmm. And I said, why don't you call down there? And, you know, because I talked to him and it's just turn yourself in. Mm -hmm. And he called and they told him, because it was COVID, 
we're not taking anyone right now because <laughs> unless you're a murderer or right, right. <laughs> something, right. we're not taking anyone. And I'm like, <laughs> so. He, he's trying to do the right thing and they don't want him. <laughs> basically, <laughs> yeah. Well, I can understand. COVID, yeah, did that to a lot, yeah. of, <laughs> a lot of jails. and So yeah. I was like, okay, we need to find a lawyer, da 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 you mm. know. And I'm just like, my head was just spinning. Because I'm like, what is going on right now? Yeah. Um, but I think, I feel like if, I don't know if it would have saved him, it would have made a difference. Right. But I felt like if they had taken him, maybe he'd still be here. Right, right. So I don't know if he he just panicked and said, well, you know, before I go to jail or before, you know, I have to turn myself in or whatever, I'm just going to party because this is New Year's and I'm just going to enjoy it or hmm. what. But, hmm. yeah. Um, and we still don't know because I don't believe he was, he was using fentanyl at all. I don't think that was his choice of drug. Do, do you know what his drug was? I, math okay. was um, what was in his system. Okay. Um, and then the fentanyl. That was the only two things that were in his system. Okay. I, I have to take, I've got to take you way back. <laughs> okay. Because my mind keeps. <laughs> I know. I just kind of go. No, no. That was great. That, that's fine. <laughs> you said you called his dad on the phone. Mm -hmm. And you explained to him what happened. And you basically hung up. Yeah. Did Dad ever come over and figure out or find out what was going on? Or you never? He lived in Wisconsin, so. Okay. Um, but he called me back, and I wasn't answering no phone calls. Okay. I, um, I don't even know who called my mom. I'm assuming my son did. Okay. But and that's how, you know, the information kind of spread throughout my family. But, mm -hmm. yeah, he was by him being so far away. Right. But. He kept trying to call me. He called my son. He right. was like, she's, she's, you know, just not right. in the condition to talk. Right. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Now, for someone listening, and the thought would go to their head, when he saw him in Wisconsin mm -hmm. and knew that he didn't look right, mm -hmm. what would, give me a description of your son. Height, weight. I mean, what made him say something's not right? He's lost a lot of weight. For one, um, his dad was an ex. He's... He abused drugs himself in his younger days. Okay. Um, so he probably knew a little bit more than what I did. Mm -hmm. um, but by him being a recovering addict, he probably seen some things that I didn't recognize. Okay. You know? Um, but he was, Jeff was 5'10. Mm -hmm. He probably weighed about 230, 240. Okay. Um, that was before he had lost the weight. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say he probably had lost like maybe 40, 50 pounds. Okay. So, so. That someone wouldn't notice that who hadn't yeah. seen him in a while. Right. Okay. You just see him coming and going every day. Yeah. Okay. And I've always been on him because he had a heart condition. He had an enlarged heart chamber. Okay. So I've always been on him about, he's always been a big kid. Mm -hmm. Um. And so I stayed on him about his health and, you know, losing weight. When mm -hmm. I want him to lose weight, you know, he wasn't losing it, but right. he was losing it then. Okay. So. Okay. So, and I'm going to fast forward okay. all the way back to the, <laughs> to the point here. There had obviously had to be some other people in that room. It was a New Year's Oh, party. yeah, it was. Did you ever find out who rented the room, who some of the other people were in the room? The name, Jeff rented the room. Okay. The only other person, um, which through in myself investigation, well, now you, if you don't want to say, I you found know. out. Okay, there you go. Okay, <laughs> um, who the guy was. Okay, and all I had was a first name. Okay, and so I kept digging, and I was, you know, talking to people, and I'm like, okay. So I asked his baby mother. I'm like. Maybe there's someone, like a mutual friend or something that, well, somebody had reached out to her on Facebook and said, you know, I think I know who was with him. Mm -hmm. And 
everything that she found out, she shared with me. Okay. And the the guy was um, he had a warrant for his arrest for something, and so he ran because he didn't want to go to jail. Right. And later, um, once I got his name, I reached out to him on Facebook, mm-hmm. and um, I said, "I need to know what happened to my son." Wow. Yeah. And he had tried to reach me right after because the night that Jeff died, which was like at 11-something, 47 or something like that at night on New Year's Day, okay. um, he took his car. Wait, he took Jeff's car? Yeah. Okay. Because when... My son went, my other son went to get his belongings. The car was not there. And I'm like, so I had to call the police again, file a missing car. Right. And at first, they were really, um, you know, we can't do anything because it may have been he gave somebody the car for drugs and. Nah, I know my son. He wouldn't have done that. So they did um, say put out a watch. It's called a lookout or something. Mm-hmm. It's called attempt to locate. Mm-hmm. Okay. To um, in case someone's seen it, right? You know, they and I gave them the plate number, everything. Um, and they finally called me and said they had located it. Okay. And that it was at a a hotel on Goshen Road, one of those hotels over there. Mm-hmm. And so they towed it in to the place, and then I had to go and retrieve it. Right. But. So wait, wait, I got to get to, he he wanted to reach out to you on Facebook. He'd been trying to get and <laughs> said, come on, so what happened? <laughs> he reached out, but he said, he told me, he was like, I, I tried to reach out to you right after Jeff died. Mm-hmm. He said, but I never got a response. And I thought he was lying. So, of course, you know, during this time, I'm probably got a million messages. Right. And I haven't even looked at them. But this was months. This was months later. Right. Like, probably almost close to a year. Mm Mm-hmm. By the time I found his name and found out who he was. and But he said... um, he said, me and Jeff was, you know, we both got high. He said, we both went to sleep. He said, but when I woke up, because he said they were supposed to go somewhere. They had, they were supposed to go somewhere. And he said, but when he woke up, Jeff was still asleep, he thought. Mm-hmm. But when he was trying to wake him up, he realized that he was stiff and cold. Hmm. And that's when he panicked. Did he say there's anyone else at this party? Mm-mm. He said it, they were the only ones there. So he panicked and he just told the hotel people to check after on he left after the he, hotel. After he left, <laughs> yeah, yeah he made a phone call from a distance. Yeah. Did he say any more? There had to be more. He told you. All he that. said the only thing that, and I said, well, what happened? Yeah. And he said we were just getting high. He was like, my choice of drug was fentanyl. That's what he told me. Oh, so his choice of drug. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. But he said Jeff was, you know, he did meth. All right. And I said, okay. I said, but there was fentanyl in his system. So mm-hmm. how did that happen? There you go. And he said, I didn't give him fentanyl. He said, but Jeff earlier that day went to get the drugs so uh, maybe it was in the meth. And I'm like, because mm-hmm. he, he basically trying to deflect. I was going to ask you, what was you thinking? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. He's trying to make, you know, take all the pressure off him. Okay. And I'm like, it's more to the story. And I know it. 
And he was like, no, that's what happened. So I didn't get much more other than he was the one that stole the car. His credit card came up missing also. Did it get used? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Come on. And it was at a family dollar that they used it at where they had apparently used it at some other places, but there was no more money left on it. So it was declined at the family dollar. So wait a minute. This friend. So-called friend. So-called friend. Who were, I n never knew. Okay. So I can't even say he was a true friend. And the best he can give you is that they were both getting high. Mm-hmm. Jeff didn't wake up. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, and I'm sure people listening might, mm -hmm. what would make you take the car and the credit card, go shopping on shopping spree, max it out to where you can't use it anymore, mm -hmm. but then give you this story about that's all that happened? Yeah. I, I, I knew he was lying. <laughs> so, so he wasn't telling the entire no, story. You, no, I can tell that. <laughs> yeah. So did you ever relate any of this to the police, what was told to you? No, because every time I would try to, you know, tell them, well, I have a name or, and their thing was, well, yeah, but it could have been, a, you know, he could have gave him the card. He could have gave him the card in exchange for drugs. He could have gave him the car in exchange for drugs. I just kept hitting my head with them. Okay. And I'm like, they don't care. It's just another drug addict. That's how I felt like that was their thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. So you you obviously found out later what was in his system because mm -hmm. you talked about it. And when you heard that, what did you feel? Hurt. Yeah. Angry. What What could be so bad in your life to where you would turn to meth? Or fentanyl, if you knew that fentanyl was in there, we—I mm. don't—I will never know if he knew or not. Right. But I know that's what killed him. Hmm. Tell me about Jeff. Growing <laughs> up, <laughs> I don't know about him. Jeff was a different kid. <laughs> Growing up, I was a single mom. Um. His dad was, you know, we were together during his early years, but because of the drugs, I left him. And um, so I was a single mom of two. And Jeff was a kid that loved the outdoors. Okay. We were in Wisconsin, living in Wisconsin when he was born. And that kid, I don't care if it was 25 below, he was outside with no hat on. He'd go out with the hat on and yeah. gloves. But i look out, and I'm like, then I'm yelling, get your, you know, get yeah. your hat on. Yeah. <laughs> but he loved the outdoors. He loved just outside. It mm. didn't matter what he was doing. Right. He loved outside. On a Saturday morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, he took his bike out. He gone. He done went to the friend's house. <laughs> Um, because it, in back then it was pretty safe, you know. Right. Um, so I knew where he was at because he mm -hmm. wouldn't go anywhere else. He would always go to his friend's house around the corner. Okay. And um, but nine o'clock in the morning, like I'm just opening my eyes, <laughs> and he ready to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. But he was so outgoing and happy, and he was never a sad kid, mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. As, yeah. So when did you guys move to Fort Wayne area? Moved to Fort Wayne in 2002. Okay. Um, he was 12, no. Mm, he was in the sixth grade. Okay. Um, went to Lane. Okay. Uh, met some really good friends, and one of them, he, from sixth grade until probably about five years, six years ago, they stopped talking. Hmm. So they were friends for a very long time. And, um, but Jeff was the type, if, you know, you crossed me in any way or, 
or do something that I don't agree with, then I'm not really messing with you. Right. So, but yeah, he was always happy. Mm -hmm. Life of the party. Yeah. You know, um, as a teenager, he did some devilish stuff. Like mm -hmm. I worked third shift. Me and my sister. He was um, probably about fourteen. And me and my sister were living together. And the neighbors that lived across the street, he hung out with them. And unbeknownst to me, he used to steal one of our cars, whoever, because me and my sister worked together. So we always have a car at the house. Oh, boy. And he would, yeah, <laughs> take the car and go to the gas station. And I don't know what they were buying, but... My niece, he was babysitting her. She told me. She remembered. Right. <laughs> she said, we used to go to the gas station. She was like, I'm like, how? In either you or mom's car. <laughs> and so I'm he, like, what? <laughs> he was driving. <laughs> and then there was the friend across the street. She was probably about two or three years older than them. Right. So she might have been driving I don't know, right. but they would bite my niece candy. Oh, boy. Yeah, so she wouldn't tell. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, okay. Okay, so he's just your, your average kid. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> average kid. Yeah. I'll be darn. I'll be darn. So going through this, mm -hmm. and you're still going through this, mm -hmm. what would you tell someone to really look for in their kid? I mean, yeah, he's a normal kid, but mm -hmm. what, what were some of the things you look back now and you go, if I only would have known this, I saw this and I didn't do what? Um, sleeping all day. Okay. The sleep pattern all day. When you sleep all, you, you know, you sleep all day and you try to wake somebody up and they just really can't get up that could be a sign and that was a sign that I think I missed okay. because when he was living with me I used to have to wake him up make sure he was up for work okay. um, and as time went on it got more difficult to wake him up okay. as if he had been up all night mm -hmm. and you know and also, I think um, just the behavior, when they become a little bit withdrawn, when you know they used to tell you everything, mm -hmm. and when they become withdrawn and not wanting to share things, that's another concern. Hmm. Yeah. What about uh, his friends? Did his friends change? His friends changed. The people he grew up with, he had been friends with for years, mm -hmm. you know, since he was like 10, some of them from age 10 or 12. Um, yeah, he wasn't hanging out with any of them as much. Right. They would see him occasionally, but they wasn't seeing him, especially that last year. Right. Totally changed friends. Now, you said something before about a friend of his, and all of a sudden they weren't friends anymore. Mm -hmm. Would that have been one of them? Yes. He was, um, I think they their friendship ended because of his friend's wife at the time. Okay. Um, Jeff and this young lady was really good friends, but it wasn't just that, but... You know, she was also a family member of his baby mother. Okay. okay. So they were really close. All three all three of the baby mother, Jeff, and the cousin was really close. Mm -hmm. And he didn't, the friend didn't like that. Right. Okay. What did you learn about fentanyl after all of this? Ooh, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um. What I've learned about fentanyl is it doesn't take much, maybe a grain hmm. to kill you, like a salt grain. Mm -hmm. um, it could be hidden very well. Because, and, you know, if 
if somebody is doing whatever type of drug they're doing and there's fentanyl in there, sometimes they don't know. Right. Sometimes they do. Because I guess what I found out that people do the fentanyl without anything, any other drug. Wasn't that what you said? His friend was doing it, took the car. Mm Mm-hmm. So he was taking a chance every time he took fentanyl. Mm -hmm. He had no clue. No clue. And the only reason it probably didn't kill him because they were cutting it to where it wasn't as strong as, you know, but I don't, but what I understand from it, you have to build up a tolerance in order to be able to do it straight like that. Right. Um, But I'm like, that's what make me think. It, that's why it killed Jeff. He wasn't used to taking it. Right. So I'm. I don't know if the friend offered to do it, or if it was in the drug that he had, you know, purchased. Right. right. Uh, I'm sure his friend was not a chemist, <laughs> so he had no clue what he, he doesn't was. Doesn't seem take, like he was. Okay, a chemist. I, I don't think so. <laughs> taking a car and things like yeah. that. So. Like I said, you're still going through this, mm-hmm. and somehow you met up with these with these uh, Java sisters. <laughs> how did they pull you in, or how did did you go to them? They come to you. Tell me about that relationship. Went, so, one of my son's friends, um, I guess she's, um, I don't know, on Facebook. I don't know how she seen it, right? Or if she heard about it through somebody else. But she had called me, and she was like. They're doing a rally down at the courthouse um, if you're interested in going, mm-hmm. you know. And so I said, well, what's the name and who's who's in charge? And right. and she was like, I don't know. I'll send you this flyer I got. And she did. And I seen Teresa's name, Teresa Juliet. Mm-hmm. Her name was on there. Um, and I reached out to her on Facebook mm-hmm. to find out what it was about, you know, what they were doing or whatever. And from that point on, and that was in August of 21. Okay. Um, I started going to the rallies at the courthouse for Java and Appalled. What is what is Appalled? Don't get me the line. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't ask you that question. Is that another group? Some with lethal drugs. Okay, but um, it's another group. It's doing another this. group. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry about through you on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me, what has Java done for you? What Java's done for me, um, it's been a support. Mm. It's been very, because um, when Teresa responded, and I gave her my number to call me. And she called me, and from day one, it was so warming. Hmm. She was so warm. She was, you know, I understand. I've been there, you know. Um, And we talked like we had known each other forever. Right. Just in that first conversation. Right. And from there is when I met Stacy at the rally. Okay. And she was telling me, you know, Stacy was the founder of Java, um, and, you know, she just got involved and she started getting involved with all the families that were losing kids. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, so it's just been amazing. They mm-hmm. are amazing women. That's what I can say about Java. Okay. So they they've been helping you along the way, mm-hmm. helping you continue going through this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I've I've just recently met them also. Oh. <laughs> and I mean, just by the way you two interacted at the door, they yeah. like you've known each other forever. And I thought, okay. And know, it's only know. been a couple of years, mm-hmm. but, yeah, you know, that's just, they welcome you, you know, right. with open arms. Right. And that's what I love about them because they are a sisterhood, you right. know. Yeah, that's what I can For real, for real. <laughs> so. so Java has been there for you. Um so you didn't have to go to, like, counseling or anything like that, or did you go to some counseling? Oh, I went to counseling. Went to counseling, but mm-hmm. Java was there along with you while you're going through the counseling and, and getting all that. Because I was going to ask you, this is tough, mm-hmm. very tough. Mm-hmm. 
you had to have someone helping you along the way. I know Java's there, but mm-hmm. you had to go through counseling. In March of 2021, March or April, um, my sister had called me. That I have a sister that lives in Tennessee, and she goes to this church. And she had told me that they were having a grief counseling. There you go. Um, you know, for grieving mm-hmm. parents or families or whatever. Right. And she said they were going to be doing it on a Zoom. And okay. I'm like, okay. And she said, if you're interested, you know, here's how, you know, you reach out to them and they'll give you all the information. So that's what I did. And so it was a 14-week course. Okay. And it was every Tuesday night. And, of course, Tennessee is an hour behind us, so um, it was like 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock Fort mm-hmm. Wayne's time, and it was 7, seven o'clock or 8 o'clock there. Right, right. So, um, so but I did it. I did the 14-week. I um, really took in, and what I learned was everybody grieved different. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody go through the different stages that totally different than, you know, you would. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I learned the most is I had to lean on God. Oh, yeah. I had to lean on God um, through it all, whatever I was going through. And so that's what I started to do, that my faith got me through. And... It made me stronger because the only thing I would ask God for was to give me strength. That was it. Just give me strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was one day at a time. There you go. I was you know, ask you. yeah. One day, one minute, one hour, one second. It was just one day at a time. Now, are you still asking for those days now? I do. That's what I thought. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Because I mean, I- I'm hearing your story. Mm-hmm. And I know someone else, a lot of people will be hearing it also, but we cannot feel what you felt. Mm-hmm. We, we think we can, but there's no way we can feel what you felt, yeah. be it on that day or even today. Mm-hmm. Now, with the Java sisters, have you been talking to other people who may have gone through what you've gone through? What I have um, started doing just this year is getting on Facebook, doing a live Okay. Talking about it. Yeah. Talking about, you know, losing a child mm. and what that feels like. Um, and losing a child to an overdose that may have been no fault of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, I just talk about it. And I've learned that gets me through. And it helps me to heal by talking about it. Yeah. So, and it's really helped. And well, I'm not a person that I don't want to be on Facebook. I don't want to be on nobody's lives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not a person to be out in the front of right. anything. Right. But I've learned it's help just talking about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And what the thing is, when you lose someone, and when the funeral's over, mm-hmm. and People go back to their lives. The phone calls stop. You know, the circle of friends that you thought were your friends are no more. So it's like you're on your own to get through this. Wow. Mm-hmm. You talked about another son. Mm-hmm. How's he doing? I'm not really. He says he's fine. I feel like when you have to go to a hotel and pick up your brother's belongings mm. and see the condition in which he died, you know, it's got to affect you in some way, shape, or form. But he says he's fine. He don't need no counseling. He says that, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So I just pray. I pray that one day he does. Because, you know, 
in the black community, we think that counseling is not needed. And he's one of those people. Oh, I don't need to go talk to somebody, tell somebody my business. Okay. But I know one day he will. He's going to have to. Oh, yeah. Because it affected him. That's the first time in in my being his mother, seeing him cry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first time. And they were, like, really close. So at some point, he's going to have to, I think, go and mm-hmm. talk to somebody. Well, you pray for yourself. Mm-hmm. Keep praying for him. Mm-hmm. Because he's going to need to cry again. Mm-hmm. And you and I both know that, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, Gina. Yes. Gina Moore, thank you very much for sharing your story. You're so welcome. Talking about Jeffrey. Yes. And sharing with us, because I know someone's going to hear your story. Mm-hmm. And they can learn something from it, prepare for it, mm-hmm. or learn how to get through it just like you have. Mm-hmm. No, you haven't gotten through it. I don't know why I said that. No. Because nah, <laughs> no. I still have my days. Yeah. Which is okay. And Which is okay. I, w- I want to say this, too. Jeff had, at the time of his death, he had an 11-year-old son. Okay. He's 14 now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I take him with me every year to the rally. Okay. Because I want him, I want to embed in him, don't mess with drugs. Because mm-hmm. this is what happened. And, you know, you see all the faces on the, all the pictures of all the kids. And I think the youngest one I seen was maybe 16, 15 or 16. Hmm. But there's been a 14-year-old as well that has died from fentanyl in Fort Wayne. Hmm. So I take him with me. Yeah. And we never lied to him about what happened. Because I wanted him to know this is what happened if you ever pick up a drug of any kind. Right. Well, yeah. he's got to be glad you're in his life. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he's glad. in mine. Well, there you go. It goes both ways then. Both ways. Yes. Oh, wow. Thank you very much for you're this welcome. powerful message. Yes. Thank you very much for sharing. I can't say that enough. That that's all I can say is thank you. <laughs> You're I can't welcome. Come up with words. Thank right you now. for having me. Hey, no problem, yeah. folks. We really appreciate you listening in to Police Pod Talk, and we will catch you again next week. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. <laughs>